Almost 80% of U.S. children who need mental health treatment do not have access to the traditional health care system. And for the kids who do get treatment, only 17.6% of parents are fully satisfied with the care they receive. For kids to have better access to mental health care, our next guest has made it her life's work to create a platform that will help democratize mental health care for our youth. In this episode, the passionate and energizing health tech innovation leader, Damayanti Dipiana, joins us. She is the CEO of Manatee, a digital platform that empowers mental health providers and families by integrating therapy into daily life. Find out why Damayante is so committed to bringing more awareness and solutions to pediatric mental health and how you can help the Manatee team further their incredibly important mission for some of our youngest community members across the nation. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Dama, to one of the most talented and dedicated health tech entrepreneurs in all the land. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here. Well, and personally knowing how inspiring you are and the mission you're on, and of course, most importantly, to be able to call you a friend, I am so excited for our community to get to know you. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and interact with the global ecosystem. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Dama, we're close to discussing how you and your team are bringing everyday therapy to remarkable kids. But first, I'm going to randomly select an icebreaker question so we can get to know you personally, and then we're going to dive in. So let me select one here. Ooh, and this one is more important than ever, given we're in the middle of a pandemic, Dama. Your favorite place on earth and why? Oh, my favorite place on earth. I mean, now actually, because I'm not from the U.S. and the pandemic definitely has put some things in perspective, it would be my hometown. I usually spend summers back in Europe in the Netherlands, so I really miss not being able to go and it's looking very likely that Christmas is also not going to be an option outside of that because I don't want to send everyone to my hometown in the Netherlands it's not that exciting I would go for probably Fortaleza which is a small beach town in Brazil if you're into kite surfing or even if you want to learn kite surfing it's so beautiful it has these beach lagoons and it just looks like a place like I've never been before. There's no cars. Do you even get there? It's like a two-hour beach ride in like this beach buggy. And there's no other way of transportation into that town, and it's magical. So that would be my second one outside of my hometown. Well, I have been very fortunate over the number of years to be able to travel around the world. Besides, you know, dedicating myself to reimagining healthcare and spending time with amazing leaders like you to continue to push our industry forward. Outside of that, I would say my next big passion and love is travel. And you just stole my heart 
people always ask, Mike, you know, I've been to Asia, I've been all over the place. Where's your favorite place you've ever visited? And I always go back to Amsterdam. I mean, the time that we had there as a family was incredible. One thing that I was not anticipating while over there, though, Dama, was Indonesian food. Oh, my gosh, was that good. Yeah. I mean, I'm Indonesian. (laughs) I'm like a product of colonization, so most people don't. I guess in Europe, a lot of people know this, but Indonesia used to be a colony of the Netherlands. So when we look at our kind of immigration population, we have a ton of Indonesian families, including myself that came over and actually my hometown, The Hague, is one of the main hubs of Indonesian food. So yeah, Indonesian food is also one of the foods that I really, really miss because in the US you can pretty much get any cuisine except Indonesian, it's really hard to find. And if you find it, it's more like Southeast Asian, more like Japanese, it's not real Indonesian food. So yeah, I usually get my mom to send over ingredients so I can cook it at home. Yeah, that was something I I completely unexpected while over there. And you're right. I don't think I've ever had it stateside. But we went back to the restaurant twice because of how good it was. And But yes, Amsterdam is definitely at the top of the list. What an unbelievable place. Even the countryside of the Netherlands is just gorgeous. So thank you for stealing my heart even early in the episode recording with you today, Dama. So thank you for that. I cannot wait for us to get through this time in life so we can get back to exploring the world. So thank you again for sharing that. Well, as I said at the top of this episode, you are certainly one of my favorite entrepreneurs out there. You are incredibly passionate. You are determined. You are on a mission to bring your technology to the masses and to help these little kiddos across the country and beyond. But, you know, you just didn't fall into that. You've been at it now for, you know, closing in on two years with Manatee. But can you share with us a little bit of that founder's journey, how you got to where you are today? We'll talk current state of all the wonderful things you and the team are accomplishing, but give us a little bit of that founder's journey. Take us back a bit and take us on that journey. Yeah, I think like any road, it's definitely not a straight line. One of the big misconceptions that I thought was always really daunting about like founding a company or being an entrepreneur is that... I always had the idea that people just knew that that's what I wanted to do. So therefore they just did it, right? Like I think I didn't. That's kind of my point is when I graduated, I studied international business and global banking. I was much more like, I also had no idea what I even wanted to do first and foremost. So if you are in college or studying and you have no idea, don't worry about it because I don't think anybody does. And I graduated I went into straightforward business, worked in finance, actually for a fintech company. And I never really thought about, oh, I really want to start my own company one day. It was kind of an abstract thing. But then I slowly rolled into more like tech startup world, worked for another tech startup in London. And they sent me over to the US. And I think only then it started daunting on me that I could potentially do this. And it was a company that was founded by four guys from Google. Really, like, it was a success story in the sense that I was one of the first non-technical hires in London. And then by the time that I left, there were 300 people. I built a really large team and operations out in the U.S., across New York City, San Francisco, L.A. We had amazing investors. By then, you know, Goldman Sachs, Salesforce Ventures, actual partners had invested in the company. And... I think that was the moment when I realized 
outside of it being a really amazing company that like nothing in that journey seemed unattainable. It was really just putting one foot in front of the other. And I think the second piece that happened is I had my first kid in a tiny apartment in New York city, but that I think becoming a parent gave me a different perspective and it made me realize like what you're doing stuff for and what's important. It gave me a different hierarchy of prioritization. And I realized I didn't really want to spend my time and resources on things that I wasn't that passionate about. Like it was a successful company Many successful businesses have been built, but ultimately you sometimes question what's the value add here? Like, why are we doing this? Are we doing this so that we can, you know, encourage people to spend more money and stuff they don't need to buy? You know, is that what your legacy should be? And like those types of things really started to become more important to me, if not like the most important. And then I really just started thinking about what I wanted to do and what I was really passionate about. And it became really instantly clear that I wanted to do something in healthcare. I wanted to do something for mental and behavioral health, specifically for children and families, because I felt the need was so large. My family went through that process and the social ROI was massive. Like if you can support families and children, the impact that that has on the society as a whole and the future of our world, is huge. So for me, it seemed like an obvious thing. And then with like a bunch of other reasons evaluated and I really thought like, all right, if I'm not going to do this, who is? I just felt it needed to exist in the world rather than me really wanting to be an entrepreneur. Wow. Thank you for that. And let me set the stage as you start diving into all the wonderful work happening at Manatee. And of course, pre-pandemic, we would run into each other at show after show. And every time I'd run into you, you'd happen to be on the stage winning pitch competition after pitch competition and just lighting it up because the story is so needed and is so real and authentic in what you bring to the marketplace. And again, we're going to dive into that in just a moment, but let me set the stage because this was profound for me in regards to your work here at Manatee. And it's this, almost 80% of children in the United States who need mental health treatment do not have access to the traditional healthcare system. And for the kids that do receive treatment, only 17.5% of parents are fully satisfied with the care they receive. And this is just ridiculous and obviously a huge need. And I got to imagine, and we can go there if we'd like a little bit later, Dama, I got to imagine these statistics are even further exacerbated during a time of a pandemic and in the time of crisis that we're in right now. But setting that stage and then, of course, sharing your mission, which to me is so cool, it's to empower professionals and families by illuminating and democratizing mental health care for kids. Share with us what Manatee is and build on that and take us through how you are impacting the lives of so many kiddos across the nation. Yeah. To really briefly answer the question, it's certainly a more dire situation. And I think what's also really important to know is that mental health is not like a life sentence, right? Like I think there's a real misconception around what mental health means. It's not, oh, my kid has something and now for the rest of their life, they require treatment. This may be the case, but for the vast majority, it's actually situational and it's about building resiliency and generalizing skill sets. And I think 
that's what you're seeing right now is that a lot of families who were totally fine beforehand, the situation has created so many stressors that all of a sudden mental health becomes a priority. So it's important to note that this is not like a them versus us thing. This is everyone. Everyone will go through, similar to everyone will go through a physical health crisis at some point in their life. Everybody will very likely go through a mental health crisis at some point in their life. And it's all about how do you deal with those scenarios when they arise and what's the support that you receive. So I think that's first and foremost. And second, what we build, I really wanted to solve a few things first, but the ultimate vision was to just build a digital behavioral health hub for families in which they could leverage technology. They had access, they felt supported. We made it fun for children and we made sure that everybody was included and involved because that's the hard part, right? Like it's not a child living on an island dealing with something. It's the family dealing with something. So that's the vision. And what we started with was, all right, so we have this population of behavioral health professionals who's really struggling engaging families because they see a family maybe once every week, once every two weeks, once every month. And that's about it. And then we expect families to know exactly what has happened in that session and then to do the things that they're supposed to do, to remember what they need to do, to reinforce it, support it, and then come back and report back on what they've done or what they haven't done. There's obviously so many breakdown elements there that oftentimes families don't even know what has happened in a session. They maybe get a paper worksheet, which as you can imagine, doesn't even make it home. So I actually like the quote is, we have one of our providers for seven years after a session, she has asked kids to fill out a worksheet and kind of like a mood tracker in seven years. It's never come back the next session ever. Wow. So also my question was like, well, why, why are we still doing this? I think we can establish that this is not working. So we built ultimately a platform that breaks that whole process. So, a provider has a platform in which they can set whatever treatment goals are appropriate. They're instantly shared with the family. So families know exactly what's going on. They're engaged. We remind them, we support them with resources and, you know, webinars and tips and tricks and all these tactical things to really also upskill parents to deal with a lot of the scenarios that arise throughout, you know, your mental health journey. And then for kids, we really make it fun. So, we gamify the experience. We motivate and encourage them through game design to achieve their goals, to track it, to share their mood and kind of like the clinical picture. And then all of that is visualized back into a dashboard so that providers can actually have data-driven and effective sessions. And then at a health system level, really understanding how you engage families, but also what is working and what is not working and providing evidence-based and standardized care. And thinking about the part that I always love, right, is the end result, what you achieve by building a technology and turning your vision into a reality. But it's the end result, at least for me, that gets me most excited. And setting the stage with that, Dama, you guys are working with some of the top, you know, pediatric institutes in the country from Children's Hospital Colorado, a top five pediatric hospital, Children's Hospital Los Angeles and Children's Wisconsin and so many others. What are you seeing in working with these world-class institutions in regards to results? But most importantly, what are you seeing in regards to the results of the patient? Yeah, 
It's a good question. I think right now, more than ever, everything is in flux, right? And you know what the hard part is? Because we're such a young company, it's so hard to compare data. Like a year ago, we weren't live. Like we didn't have a product. So it's hard for us to evaluate. Like what is COVID-19? What is the fact that kids are not in school because it's summer and the school year is only starting? You know, we're trying to figure out what we're seeing, what that's driven by. However, that aside, what we certainly see is I mean, we see really sustained engagement and clearly like not with everyone, but I was looking at our power users and from the moment that we went live, they've been using Manatee for 148 days and they've had 300 and something sessions. Like that's crazy to me that there's such wow. a sustained period of actually using and integrating it into your daily life. So I think that was something that I was really like shocked by because we went live as any startup with kind of an MVP and like you build upon this and you get feedback, but being a founder as well, like you're so critical. I look at our product and I'm like, Oh my God, we need to do this or we need to do that. And then this is not working and that is broken. But then still seeing families getting real, real value from it. I think that is amazing, like amazing to me. And I think that that feeling is, I mean, there's just nothing that comes close to that. When you have something in your head, you put it out in the world and someone else really loves it. So like we get a bunch of feedback, right? Like from families, we certainly get a bunch of feedback. Like some is really great. Some is not so great. Some of families, because we work a lot with safety net populations, especially now what we're seeing is that acuity of needs is so high that they're like, what am I going to do with technology? You know, like they don't even want to show up for therapy because they're trying to figure out where to live. So I think that is something that we all have to put into context is that the families that we serve right now are really, really struggling. So trying to figure out in this new world, like how we best support them, that makes sense. And I think that's really hard also for our providers. And then I guess at the health system level, it's funny because it's, I think we're always kind of going back and forth between survival mode and, okay, let's prepare for the future. Meaning like when there's like a big surge or a really big impact on COVID, as you can imagine, pediatric hospitals lose a ton of money as well. So then it goes into survival mode, like, okay, what do we need to do operationally to kind of stay afloat and then it dies down a little bit and then it's like all right what do we need to do to prepare and actually be really competitive and innovative moving forward so that we can really leverage 2021 and that means for us we are like sometimes super high priorities sometimes more on the back burner and that's also really interesting to see back to your point you know every week is kind of different yeah, right now, for me at least, it's like almost every day, even sometimes down <laughs> to the hour, like, wow, this is a whole new world. Well, thank you for sharing that, Dom, because I agree with you. Again, I'm fortunate I get to spend time with, you know, rock stars like you that have brilliant ideas and moving new and innovative ways to deliver care across our country. And, and I think that's what, for me at least, that I see over and over in leaders like yourself is even if it's just that N of one that opportunity to get that feedback from that end user to that when you hit your pillow at night, when your head goes down you're like, this is why I do it. There's just nothing like it. So thank you for sharing a little bit of behind the scenes there and, and also some of the challenges. 
in a moment, we're going to talk about how we can be helping you with some of those challenges, how our amazing community for this nationally ranked healthcare innovation podcast can be helping you and can be helping the Manatee community. So we'll go there in just a moment. But before we do, Dama, give us a little bit of future state though. Obviously here we are, you know, right in the middle in the heat of COVID-19. The world is still changing as we know, and we'll continue to do so. And so before COVID, I would ask our guests, how is the future looking for you and the company and the marketplace in the next, you know, three to five years? Well, we can't even look that far anymore. What does this world look like for you in the next six, nine, and 12, 18 months? Not only for your company, not only for you personally, but your end users as well. What does future state look like? And then we'll go into how we can be helping you. Yeah, it's a good question that we ask ourselves all the time. I think there are a few really big trends that we're doubling down on. So I think first and foremost, you know, this is not going to last forever, but it will never be the same. And I think that's really important to know, especially in healthcare, right? Like behaviors have changed to the extent that we're never going to go back to fully in-person care. You know, systems have been implemented, workflows have been changed, behaviors have been adjusted. So we will see a continuous like large group of families that will just get virtual care. I think that is One, and behavioral mental health is really, you know, I mean, there's no physical exam most of the time. So, like, it's actually really well positioned to provide care virtually. So, I think that's one. And it solves a lot of the access problems that we talk about a lot within healthcare. So, that's one. The second thing is I think that for us, I mean, interesting because it sucks, but families are struggling more than ever. So, for the first time, even if it wasn't a priority for health systems, but more importantly, also for insurance and managed care organizations is certainly right now. And it's something that we actually all have the responsibility to as a society to figure out. And this is something that, you know, without going into it, like that I struggle with in the US a lot of the times coming from Europe, that we tend to not take the societal responsibility, right? That we have to look after each other. And we're like, oh, whatever. It's like, it's not me. It's very individualistic. But I think we have to figure it out because it is going to massively impact us moving forward if we want to recover from this. And then the third piece, so I think that there's an increased emphasis on figuring that out and supporting families, which means that it kind of like brings us a third piece where we are focusing on and what our vision is, is really thinking about those two things. So what are the needs of our customers right now? Because they've changed. And that's what we're spending most of our time on. So, for example, we hired a director of product who has an amazing research and healthcare and design background. And she's really reevaluating. And we're really talking with our customers. What do you need right now? Because it's not the same as it was three months ago or six months ago. What do you need right now? And what do you need in six months? And then we're just trying to evaluate, like, okay, what is going to be rolled back? What is not going to be rolled back? How our behaviors actually changed? But we'll do a lot more around, you know, likely virtual care. We'll do a lot more around taking the session outside of the office and supporting families there where they need to. And from a go-to-market, we'll probably start looking a lot more towards insurance, so payers and managed care organizations because it's a real focus for them. So those are some of the things and schools, that's like the third piece that I would say. I think schools are obviously in a state of flux right now. 
trying to support families. So we'll likely do some more work in that area too. Well, thank you for all of that, Dama, and all very important, as you mentioned, right? The notion of virtual care and care just in and of itself in many different forms are going to continue to be reimagined and reevaluated of where we go moving forward. So glad you guys are thinking through that, getting into the weeds, asking the questions of the end users and the families that you support. But let's flip the script and let's support you and let's support Manatee. Again, we have a nationally ranked healthcare innovation podcast. We have some of the most brightest minds in this industry listening in. What is one problem, need, or question that you and your team have that our community can contemplate or help you with? I actually secretly have two, so I'm going to squeeze them in. Don't be but shy. The first, one, <laughs> the first one certainly is if you think, if you support families in behavioral health, you have an outpatient center, you're a pediatric hospital, you want to do research or product development, and you find Manatee really interesting, reach out to me and we'll do contact details, I think, at the end. But would love to talk to you. We're really looking to, again, understand what the market needs. And so if you are interested in using Manatee at your facility, let me know, reach out to me, love to talk. That's one. And the second one is we're hiring. So if you know someone for director of customer success, director of demand generation, so marketing role, or like a business development rep, like an inside sales rep, then that would be awesome. I'd love to speak to you. And we're always looking for amazing clinical advisors too. It obviously wouldn't be a full-time role, but if you are a psychologist or a clinician who is working with families and children, you're into research and you want to be a part of this movement, also let me know. Well, shameless plug for you, Dama, to anybody out there looking for their next big journey and moving the health of our nation forward. And you want to work alongside a CEO that is incredibly dedicated and a CEO that's going to have you rip out of bed every morning and excited to run through walls for her and the team and the mission they're on. Do get your resume over to the Manatee team and or share with your network. I got to tell you, and you know, you might need to earmuff it a bit, Dama, but uh, you are one of the most inspiring leaders in our industry. And for somebody to be able to join the team and work alongside you would be an incredible gift. So to everybody out there, feel free to share out within your network on some of the needs that Dama and the team have. Of course, there will be an article over on our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com where you can also share some comments, feedback, thoughts, and ideas for Dom and her team to evaluate and go ahead and collaborate with each other along that as well. And to those points online to find you, Dama, is there are some call to actions that you just shared. Where can we find you beyond our global online community, whether it be websites, social media handles, or otherwise? So it's pretty easy, but our website is getmanity.com. So it's G-E-T-M-A-N-E. A-T-E-E.com, getmanatee.com. And then all our social handles are also at getmanatee. Excellent. And those- LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. Excellent. We'll have all of those touch points in the episode notes. So within your podcast player, just scroll down. You'll see all of those links that Dama just shared. So you can get a hold of her directly as well. Or again, head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. All right, Dama, I could spend the whole day with you here talking about the mission that you're on at Manatee and all the wonderful work that you continue to bring to the industry and to so many people around our nation. 
but we're going to start closing it out. I do have a fill in the blank for you. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because life's too short. Like how you do anything is how you do everything. Why wouldn't you be a passionate pioneer? Well said. Thank you for that. That is a great way to close out. Well, Dama, as always, you know, you have a big fan in me and all of our team over here. Keep us posted as you do. I always love receiving your newsletters. They inspire me on the weekly. So keep sending those out and and sharing with us in your community. But for now, thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing all of the wonderful work happening within the Manatee Camp. Do keep us posted and let us know how we can continue to support. But for now, keep rolling up those sleeves, keep climbing, and keep changing the world for so many around this nation. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.